Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. A cloud of dust and hardy Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'm Silver. The stage from the east bumped and swayed along the trail toward Fort Tarrant. The trail followed the narrow Yano River, and as the stage moved westward, two of the occupants were mutually interested in watching the rapidly moving waters. One of them was a little girl, the other a small boy. The little girl, Peggy Bailey, was on her way in the custody of a sharp-eyed governess to join her father, Colonel Bailey, at Fort Tarrant. The boy, Johnny Endicott, was returning from a trip to Austin with his father, who owned the blacksmith shop at Fort Tarrant. The silence inside the stage was finally broken by little Peggy Bailey. My name's Peggy Bailey, and I come from Boston. What's your name? I'm Johnny Endicott, and I live at Fort Tarrant. Golly, that water makes us seem to go faster. Don't you think so? Uh-huh. I'm going to Fort Tarrant, too. Gee, honest? Yes. I'm going to live there with my father. Oh, golly. Then we can play together. I'll show you my dad's blacksmith shop, too. Uh, I can, can't I, Dad? Yes, you sure can, son. Don't be ridiculous, Margaret. Your father will never allow you to go to a blacksmith shop. 
There's nothing wrong about a blacksmith shop, ma'am. Children find a lot there that's interesting. Margaret's father is Colonel Bailey, commandant of Fort Terrace. Oh, so little Peggy's the colonel's daughter, huh? Well, I know the colonel right well. Do all his horses for him. I'm sure you do, my good man. But Colonel Bailey isn't the type of gentleman who'd allow his daughter to run with the child of a blacksmith. What? Out here, ma'am, one man's as good as another. The colonel's right fond of my boy, Johnny. And I'm fond of you, Peggy. But I don't think I like it. Uh, easy, son. Lady isn't used to the West yet. People are the same wherever one goes. I'm responsible for Margaret's upbringing, and I'm sure the colonel will see things my way. Oh, but Miss Stewart, why can't I have Johnny for a friend? I like him. My dear Margaret, the associations of childhood have a great effect upon your future life. I always make it a point to see that now you Now listen, do... ma'am, I think you've said about enough. I don't get your connection with the Baileys. Uh, I'm Margaret's governess and a distant relative of her mother's. What's a governess, Dad? Oh, I reckon it's a highfalutin name for a nursemaid, son. Leastwise, that's how I figure. The very idea. How dare you say such a thing in front of these children? I have full responsibility for Margaret and for her education. From now on, Margaret, I forbid you to have anything to do with these... These... Careful, ma'am. These blacksmiths. (laughs) That suits us fine, ma'am. If you've been teaching a little girl all she knows, I don't reckon she'll be too much of a good influence with Johnny anyway. The colonel will hear about this. Such impertinence. Yep, I reckon he will hear. Just look at the scenery, son, and keep your mouth closed from here at Fort Terrell. Understand? Yes, sir. Later, when the stage arrived at Fort Terrett, Tom Endicott took his son to their small cottage near the blacksmith shop. Miss Stewart and Peggy went to the colonel's home, where the governess was discussing the trip with the colonel. It was a dreadful trip, Colonel, dreadful. I never would have undertaken it if you hadn't been so insistent. I had a good time, Daddy. Oh, the trip was wonderful, (laughs) honest. Quite a difference of opinion here, Miss Stewart. You seem to have stood the trip fairly well from all appearances. Colonel Bailey, this is absolutely no place for a sensitive and delicate child like Margaret. I hope you'll consider allowing us to return to Boston at the earliest opportunity. I I appreciate all you've done for Peggy since her mother passed away. But if you feel this country's too much for you, I... Now, after all I have done, you're, you're suggesting that you no longer need me. Is that it? Well, now, see here, I haven't said any such thing. You're a regular member of the family, you know that. Well, Cousin Ethel always considered me as such. Of course. And my wife would want you to be with Peggy. Well, then, I'll try to like it here. But there is one thing I must insist upon, Colonel. And what is that? That I have full charge of the child, as in the past. Of course, Miss Stewart. What you say goes... I'm pretty busy anyway, Oh, but, so... Daddy, Miss Stewart says I can't see Johnny anymore, and I like him. Johnny? Who's Johnny? Margaret is referring to a rather unmannerly little boy we were forced to meet on the stage. I believe he's the son of your blacksmith here. Oh, Johnny Endicott. Oh, yes, that's the one, Daddy. Cousin Ethel's child must not associate with the son of a blacksmith. I've forbidden her to do so. Come, Margaret, it's time for bed. And now, see here, Miss Stewart. Let's not discuss the matter in front of Margaret, Colonel. Come, child, go to bed. 
Well, she'll get over that in a couple of days. I hope. A few days later, Tonto, the Indian companion of the Lone Ranger, brought his horse, Scout, to the blacksmith shop to have a shoe fixed. Easy there, fella. A missy, nice little girl playing the river with your boy. But, confound it, I told Johnny to play by himself. <clears throat> That'll hold it. Well, Johnny and girls seem to have plenty of fun. Uh, why are you tell them not to play with her? Oh, it isn't that I mind. Peggy's a nice little girl. But the woman who takes care of her up at the colonel's house don't think the son of a blacksmith is fit company. Yeah, there'll be a ruckus when she finds out they are together. Well, that's not good for a woman to say that. Blacksmith plenty important. Make axles, fix horseshoes, mend wagons. West need them plenty bad. <laughs> I don't pay any mind to what she says, but the boy don't feel so good about it. Sticks in his craw a bit to hear things like that. Ah. <laughs> but him meet and play with girl anyway, it seemed like. Yeah, it's all right with me. <laughs> Me go now. Come in again, Tonto, when you have to. Uh, me be back. Get him up, Scout. A short time later, in their camp in the hills, Tonto told the Lone Ranger about little Peggy and Johnny and what he had heard. Hmm. I'm sure Colonel Bailey doesn't feel that way about it. He feels fortunate to have Tom and Dick in Fort Terrett. The colonel likes and respects the blacksmith. Um, that right. It woman who live at colonel's house that not like blacksmith and his son. I've heard of the governess who came with the colonel's little daughter. She acts very snobbish around town, they say. Oh, me not savvy that. Well, good many people, especially back east, have a false impression of their own worth, Tonto. Ah. A colonel leave with many men for trip to Fort Lancaster. Him be way two weeks, maybe. Strange, he should leave right now when the Indians are known to be restless. A small incident could start them on the warpath. Not right. We'll camp here until after the colonel and his men return, in case something does start. Oh, uh, how many men are at the garrison, do you know, Tonto? Well, blacksmiths say there may be two dozen, maybe less. I see. Far too few if there's an uprising. Well, we'll hope that nothing happens to arouse the Indians least until after the colonel and the soldiers with him return. Two more days went by. It was afternoon before Peggy had the chance to get away from the sharp-eyed Miss Stewart and head for the secret spot near the river where Peggy and Johnny played. The two children stood on the riverbank throwing stones into the water. There. See, Johnny? I can't too throw as far as you. Oh, that wasn't far. Watch this one. Ooh, golly, that really did go far. You have awful strong arms, Johnny. Sure. That's from helping Dad at the blacksmith shop. Why don't Miss Stewart like blacksmiths, Peggy? Oh, she says genteel folks don't work with their hands. But if nobody worked with their hands, how would folks get things done? Somebody has to fix things and build things and... And grow food and all. That's what Daddy says, too. <laughs> you know, someday I'll... Oh, Johnny, look! Over there across the river. Oh, gosh. Indians. Get down quick. 
scared. Maybe those scalpers, if they see us. They have to cross the river first to get to us, but they won't see us. Yes. Look, I see three of them going along the trail over there. Somebody shot one of them. Johnny, Johnny, I'm awful scared. Oh, don't be a sissy cat. I'll take care of you. Come on, creep back into the brush. Then we'll take our secret path and run back to the forest. Oh, can't we just hide in the brush a while? Nope. Dad said if somebody did anything to an Indian while your father's away, all the Indians might go on the warpath. What's that mean? It means they go around killing people and they'll attack the fort. Come on, we have to tell Dad right away. ma'am. Come on in if you want to talk to me. Ridiculous. I wouldn't set foot in such an awful smelly place. Well, suit yourself, ma'am. I don't mind stepping to the doorway. What's on your mind this afternoon? Where is Margaret? Margaret? Oh, I guess you mean little Peggy. Hmm. The colonel should insist you respect his daughter by calling her Miss Margaret. I'm just waiting for that day to come, ma'am. I better get back to work. Uh, hold on, Blacksmith. I... Mr. Endicott to you, ma'am. If you want to teach manners, you ought to practice them yourself. Such outright insolence. Dad. I... Oh, Dad, something's happened. Oh, what happened? Honey. Margaret Bailey. So there you are. And with Shut that... Up. Uh... Oh. Now, son, what is it? Tell me. Indians, Dad. Somebody shot one. We saw him fall, and the others with him were yelling like they were awful mad. We ran all the way back from the river to tell you. You... Down by the river with this boy? When the colonel gets back, I'm going You to... might not be here when the colonel gets back, ma'am. Just what do you mean by that? I mean the Indians will attack as sure as shooting. It might take the fort. All of you get into the stockade. I'll warn the others and notify the garrison. Nonsense! This boy is making up tall tales and teaching Margaret to do the same. Oh, oh no, Miss Stewart. Honest, we My really boy, thought... don't lie, ma'am. I'll get to the stockade and hurry. I'll do no such thing. I'm taking Margaret and I... Hey, what, what's that? Indians coming to attack. we got to make it to the stockade or we'll all be killed. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Continue our story. 
Within a few minutes, Tom Endicott, with Miss Stewart and the two children, reached the protecting enclosure of the stockade, along with most of the other townspeople, just as the great gates were swung closed. Meantime, Toto rode into the Lone Ranger's camp with the news. Oh, Captain. Oh, oh, oh. What's the trouble, Toto? Kimotabi. Indians on warpath. I'm attacking stockaded fort. Burn buildings outside stockade. Kill some people who not go inside. They were ready and waiting for something to set them off. Add to Fort Lancaster, Toto. Perhaps you'll meet Colonel Bailey and his troops coming back. Ah. If help isn't brought soon, the Indians have a good chance of taking the stockade. Hurry, get the troops here as fast as you can. Ah, me get them. And what you do? I'm going to try to get through the stockade. Perhaps I can be of help there. Get going, Toto. Get him up, Scout. Here, Silver. Big fella. One, three, Inside the besieged stockade, the townsmen shouldered rifles along with a few soldiers who had stayed behind when the colonel and his troop left. The townswomen stood behind the men, keeping the guns loaded, bringing water and carrying for the wounded. At one of the barracks, Miss Stewart was nervously making bandages while Peggy sat watching. Dusk had fallen, and the raiding Indians quieted down. But intermittent shots and an occasional blazing arrow gave sign that they were still there. Miss Stewart looked up as one of the men entered. We need more bandages, ma'am. Got a mighty lot of wounded, I can tell you. There's a pile on the table. Take those. Yes, ma'am. Is is there still danger? Sure is. Them Indians will come at us in full force a little later. The lieutenant and the sergeant are both badly wounded. Then then who's in charge? Tom Endicott's sort of giving the orders now. Tom Endicott? You mean the blacksmith? Yes, ma'am, that's him. Heaven protect us now. With the blacksmith leading the men, we'll all end up being slaughtered. Golly, you will be honest, mister. Not by a long shot, youngster. Tom Endicott's the best man we have to do the leading. Every man in the place respects him and is willing to take his orders. i got to get these bandages to those that need them. This awful place. If we come through this alive, your father just has to send us back to Boston. Oh, but I like it here. Only I am scared of the Indians and everything. Golly, do you think that... Oh, something's happening out there. Come along, Margaret. Hurry. Look, everybody's running to the big gate. The Indians, they must be attacking there. Hey, Peggy, they're going to open the gate. Somebody's coming. Open the gates? Whoever told the men to do that? My dad, you see. Come, Margaret, we must stop them. Where's your father? I must talk to him. There he is, over by the gate. See? He'll have us all massacred. They must not open those gates except for the colonel and his troops. Don't open those gates. I forbid it in the name of Colonel Bailey. Shut up. What? All right, men, swing him open. And keep him covered as he rides in. Hurry now. Hold him, boy. He's a Now close him, quick. Swing the gates closed. Hurry, I'll help with that gate. Sure are glad to see you, mister. It's a good thing our men spotted you galloping this way. I... Say, you're hurt. It's all right. A bullet just nicked the top of my ear. I'm glad it's not serious. How do things look out there? Bad, Tom, very bad. The Indians must have been gathering for days. There are hundreds of them. Otto went to warn the colonel at Fort Lancaster. Who is this masked man? And why did you risk all our lives to open the gates for him? He's a friend of the colonel's, ma'am. And he risked his life to get here to us. From now on, he can give the orders. How about that, men? I never heard of such a thing. I demand to There's know... There's no time for discussion. Come, Tom. We'll make plans to ward off the big attack that's bound to come soon. We can't expect help until morning. Come along, Margaret. We'll go back to our quarters and get away from this confusion. Ah, the woman has courage, but it's not used right. 
She's a strange woman. The Indians are waiting until they're sure your forces here are weak, Tom. Have your men get the hats of all those who've been shot or wounded. What for? We'll take posts up on the platforms, put the hats on them, and lean them in spaces where the hats will show a little bit. In the moonlight, the Indians will think they're men. May help to hold off the attack until the colonel comes with help. All right, we'll get busy right away in your idea. And I sure hope it fools him for a while anyway. As the night wore on, scattered bands of Indians continued to fire upon the stockade, and the people were kept busy putting out small fires that were started from time to time by blazing arrows. The Lone Ranger and Tom Endicott seemed to be everywhere at once, giving orders, helping fight fires, and helping beat off small sporadic attacks. A short time before dawn, the Lone Ranger spoke to Tom. The big attack will come at dawn, Tom. I'm sure of that. I guess you're right. There's something else bothering me. Oh, what's that? If the colonel comes back with just his own troop, they'll be wiped out. He won't realize there's so many Indians out there. I'm trying to think of a way to warn him, so... Even if we're overpowered, the troop can be saved. No one could get out of here now, Tom. I thought of that, too. I even looked into the possibility of using the drain pipe at the back, thinking I might get through that to the gully. But the pipe's hardly big enough for a small boy, much less a man. Yes, even if a man did get through, he'd have no horse. Some of the settlers' horses are loose near the river. One of those could be used. There's no use thinking of that way of escape. Come on, we'd better make the rounds and see how things are. Unknown to either the Lone Ranger or Tom, little Johnny had overheard their conversation. It was a short time later when Peggy came running to find Tom and the masked man. The little girl was excited and upset. Mr. Endicott! Oh, Mr. Endicott! Well, what's the trouble, Peggy? Oh, it's Johnny. I saw him. He crawled through the drain pipe back there. Well, he must have overheard us talking. Johnny, my son. Well, he'll never make it. Easy, Tom, easy. He's doing a very brave thing. He may get through. Well, I... I'm going up to the lookout platform. I've got to know if he gets through. I can see from there. Oh, wait, Tom. You'll be a perfect target up there. Come back. Hey, look at Tom Endicott. Going up the ladder to that lookout tower. Redskins will pick him off like a fly. While the crowd watched, Tom Endicott went up the ladder and stepped down onto the platform of the tower which rose above the stockade. His figure stood out plainly for all to see. Come down, Tom. Come down. Suddenly, the crowd gasped as they saw Tom reel a moment, then fall. They got him. He's been shot. Look. He's crawling to the ladder. He's hurt bad, looks like. Out of my way. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to get Tom. The crowd watched breathlessly as the masked man went up the ladder. They expected at any moment to see him fall with a bullet in him. But he went on until he reached Tom. He'll never get him down. They'll both be killed. He didn't see them. They won't have a chance. Protecting Tom with his own body, the Lone Ranger started down slowly, giving little heed to the bullets and arrows that flew around them both. Once his grip gave way as a bullet whined close, then he recovered and continued downward until finally he reached ground and carefully placed the wounded blacksmith in waiting hands. By thunder, you made it. Look, the masked hombre got nicked in the hand. There's nothing. Don't worry about me. See to Tom. He's badly wounded. The women folks are about wore out. Nobody seems to know much about what to do with the wounded. We'll take Tom to the barracks for the others. Uh, He'll need special care. All right, I'll go with him. Perhaps I can be a... They're massing out front of the gates. This is the big attack. Everybody to his post. Poor Tom will have to... I'm taking charge of Mr. Endicott. Two of you men carry him over to the barrack. I'll take charge there, too. I'm glad you've offered, but you see, I... Don't quibble. I've had experience in Boston hospitals during the war between the states. 
Don't stand there, man. Get him to the barracks. All right. Do the lady says. The rest of you come with me. While the Lone Ranger and every available man went to defend the gates from the onslaught they knew was beginning, Miss Stewart followed the two men who carried Tom. They left the blacksmith in her care. Before long, she had dressed his wound and made him comfortable. Then, moving about among the others, she brought order out of chaos, seeing to it that each of the wounded was getting proper care. When Tom opened his eyes, she was bending over him with a cup of water. Oh, I didn't expect to see you, ma'am. Don't try to talk. Drink this. Oh. Thanks. I got it kind of bad. Guess from the noise, a big attack has come. Uh, Yes, I guess it has. The Indians are trying to break in the gates. Aren't you scared, ma'am? I was. I'm not now. Peggy is sitting over there, and I want her to be brave. Brave like you. And the masked man. And your little son. See, ma'am, this is the end for us. I want you to know something. I think you're about the bravest woman I ever did come across. I'm glad... I'm glad to have you think so, Tom. Tom? You call me Tom? Yes, a blacksmith. And a very brave gentleman. One I'm proud to know. We lived as enemies... At least we can die as friends, can't we? Yes, I reckon we can. That bugle, did you hear? And listen, listen to that fight. The troops and the colonel, they've come. I leave you now, Mr. Endicott. Others need my attention. The colonel and his troops drove off the Indians after a terrific battle. It was later when the Lone Ranger, the Colonel, and the others stood beside Tom's cot. Well, Tom, I've heard great things about you and my masked friend. Here's your boy, safe and sound. Johnny. Johnny, my boy. Sure, Dad. I got through all right, and the Colonel had more troops with him. He was glad to know about there being so many Indians, though. This brave lad's warning saved the day for us. We planned our attack accordingly. Well, Piggy, I bet you're glad to have a little friend like Jenny. Oh, Daddy, I'm awful glad. Honest. I was hoping that that lady would be different now. She's a brave one, too. But when she heard the troops were here to save us, she sort of changed again. Why don't you let Miss Stewart speak for herself, Tom? Here she comes. I heard what Tom said, and I refuse to have a blacksmith belittle me like that. Especially a blacksmith who is so brave and fine, and who is, I hope, my friend. Well, well, that sure takes a cake. Oh, Miss Stewart, then can I and play with Johnny, and, and can we go to the blacksmith shop together? Peggy, Tom Endicott and his brave little son are going to have a hard time keeping either one of us from that blacksmith shop in the future. As I was telling the masked man, I... Oh, where is he? He's gone. Gone to help other folks in trouble, I guess. But all this time, no one's told me who he is. He did so much, and he, well, sort of made me understand so much. Oh, he's the Lone Ranger, Miss Stewart. <laughs> Even I knew that. Johnny told me. Golly, he's so nice and so brave and everything. Yes, and so is another man I know. 
say, Colonel, hmm? why don't you take Peggy and Johnny along with you? Let them play a while. You see, I figure there's lots more Miss Stewart don't know about a blacksmith that I can tell her right now. <laughs> Come on, Peggy. Let's go wave goodbye to the Lone Ranger. you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. 